Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Whale Nerds Podcast. This is episode number 14. It's actually a mini-sode, and my name is Slater, and I'm here with Caitlin. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Except for right now, it's like rain-ha. Yeah, it's like full-on tropical storm here right now. But hopefully the power will stay on while we record this in one take. <laughs> one take. Uh, so I've been in Hawaii for like two weeks and um, whales are here. It was pretty awesome. The start of whale season, like the official day on the 15th, the first day, there was like way more whales than there had been. It was crazy. It was like they all showed up overnight. Dang, it, it literally feels like you've already been there for four weeks for some reason to me. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been gone from Monterey for four weeks. But it's been kind of stormy there, yeah? Uh, the storm, well, it, when I first got here, the trade winds were blowing really bad, like the whole time, the first 10 or 11 days I was here, it was just like 35, 40 mm. knots of wind. Um, but then it got calmer and then it got really, really nice a couple days ago. Cause it was the calm before the storm, literally. Yeah. I and saw then, your, I saw your post. <laughs> yeah. And then we had, um, we had this Southwest wind start to kick up thunder and lightning off and on all day yesterday. And then today it's like water spouts, landslides, sideways rain. (laughs) I wonder if that road gets messed up on the way to Lahaina. Like, you know, just right around that corner when you're leaving, like right past Montlaia. Yep. Yeah, Yeah. that road, I haven't seen any closures for it yet, but I have seen other ends of that highway, not right there on um, the west side going to Lahaina, have had landslides already and South Kihei Road's flooded. Um, There's a lot of flooding over like haiku like down by Ho'okipa beach park like it yeah it's starting to be bad and today's like the height of the storm and then tomorrow it's probably still going to be pretty yucky and ugly and then wednesday will start to be nice but i'm on my way (laughs) there's always like one big winter storm in december i feel like that happens almost every year but this one's pretty bad so we'll see how the shoreline visibility is and uh We'll see what what conditions are like once we get out. Yeah, is the summer technically clear in the water? I mean, for the snorkeling and stuff. Um, because you know how here the winter it's yeah. usually yeah clear. Not always, because they tend to get these big south storms in the in the summer too. Not necessarily all the rain, but like they get big swell, and mm. like when there's big seas on the shoreline, it just makes the visibility really poor. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Um. Yeah, it is what it is. Mother nature, right? So um, the whales don't care. We saw whales anyway. I went off the dock for like 20 minutes yesterday just to try the trip. And we did see a whale, but I was like, no, nah, we're we're not staying out here. This is <laughs> not pleasant. <laughs> Dang, it was that rough, huh? Yeah, like I got out of the harbor and we did see a whale. So I kind of like pushed up into the conditions long enough to get safely turned around so I could have my stern in it to watch the whale. But then I was like watching the channel boards for the harbor entrance and watching how fast I was like losing my approach angle. And I was like, I really don't want to have to push back out into the weather to be able to get just to be able to get back in the harbor. So once we started to like lose the safe angle to approach the harbor, I was like, okay, we're done watching the whale. We're going now. (laughs) You're the captain. You get to make the decisions. (laughs) I mean, they were all like, we thank you that you tried. I was like, how, uh, and where where'd you leave out of Malaya? Malaya, yeah. Yeah, is they um, 
Is there like mom and baby sitting out front yet? Uh, there was one off of North Kihei for like three or four days. And it was cool because they were like almost in the exact same spot every day. We have like a snorkel spot over there. Um, and, and then it was like, they were always between 130 and 140 feet of water. So you kind of just like aimed at that snorkel spot on the GPS. And then you like looked at your depth gauge and you're like, okay, we're close to where it is. And then the baby would pop up. I wonder how many how many like mom babies are sitting in like 40 feet of water i know i know you see it along the coast there but yeah like, where, where there's just no people all the time and they're just there and nobody knows yeah i mean especially starting like around christmas you'll notice that they're really close into shore like under 50 feet of water all up and down the coastline yeah. if you're driving on that road between ma'alai and lahaina on the poly if you're like on the cliff you can see them right there on sugar beach they're really shallow like we drive the skiff on Sugar Beach in less than 25 feet of water usually because we're trying to avoid the moms and calves in the dark. Yeah, and it, I mean, it makes total sense because the thing is the calves don't hold their breath that long and it makes it easier. Mm -hmm. It's so it's it's like perfect. The mom can be sitting on the bottom resting and not mm -hmm. exerting any energy. The calf doesn't have to go far to take breath and it's just a win-win for everybody. Yeah, exactly. This one mom calf that I'm talking about that was in like 140 feet of water, that calf like already looks three or four weeks old. Like the Sheesh. dorsal fin's already up. It can dive for like five minutes. Like it's a, it's already, I mean, we had calves reported in Maui mid-November. So it could be a month old baby already. Dang. Craziness. I haven't seen any brand, brand new babies, but I have seen a few calves around that are a couple weeks old. I wonder Pretty how uh, we'll start seeing them when they're season. all gray. I hope so. We'll see. I know solid gray, and then also have like really floppy dorsal floppy. fin, and yeah. their pec fins are floppy, and they're just like yeah, they're just yeah, super wiggly. Tail. Yeah, they like just like this with their tail, just like bloop, 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 like just it's so funny. <laughs> it's like a little rubber tail. <laughs> <sighs> so. Um, we did have um, a preseason meeting that people could attend. It was a public meeting hosted by uh, the Hawaiian Islands Humpback Whale National Marine Sanctuary. Uh, they used to do before COVID, <clears throat> which is like, this is so true of a lot of things. Before COVID, we used to do an in-person meeting at the sanctuary office in Kihei on Maui. Uh, but now it's a webinar. And kind of the upside of the webinar is that more people can attend it that you're not don't have to be on island for. And um, they also recorded it. And so once they get the closed captions transcribed and on the video, it's public information and they put it on their website. So um, hopefully soon they'll have it up if you want to watch the meeting and yourself. Um, but basically, they kind of covered like what to expect for the season, um, where we're at with vessel strike reports, entanglement reports, and other health concerns that NOAA's going to be tracking and studying over this season. And then they also had some new data on uh, humpback whale presence and humpback whale song throughout the whole season. So January, February, and March, there are whales present at every Hawaiian island. That's their first piece of information that they wanted to share with everyone that's new data based on acoustic detections um, so january february and march you can see humpback whales at every island in the hawaiian island chain dang even midway atoll does that count yeah so then they sent in 2020 they had a wave glider out 
even though COVID was happening, they were still detecting information about humpback whales. And they sent it through the entire Hawaiian, Northwest Hawaiian Island chain. So that's the um, Papahanaumokuakea, that's a hard one to say, a national um, monument. And so that includes like Midway Atoll and all those places. And the detector did hear whale song throughout the whole transect. So the um, glider covered about 2,600 nautical miles throughout 2020. There was song detected throughout the island chain, but there was the lowest in open exposed waters. There's kind of like, there's kind of this little gap where some of the islands are like really, really low lying and they're not, they're more, it's more like open sea conditions out there. Um, and then at Gardner Pinnacles, which is this place kind of like almost halfway through the Northwest Hawaiian Islands, there was less song. And in general, the song does get less frequent as you go northwest. You get out to the very end of the monument. Um, but they're saying that they're interpreting that gap at Gardner Pinnacles as a possibility of there being two subpopulations or maybe two breeding grounds in the Hawaiian Islands. So there's like um, southeast of Gardner Pinnacles and the main Hawaiian Islands are one breeding ground. And then northwest of Gardner Pinnacles might be another breeding ground. Dude, that thing is like, there could be so many more whales that are out up that yeah. way or out that way. We can't go. I mean, it's pretty no difficult invite. to go. <laughs> it's far. Um, so it's like, it's basically halfway or a little more than halfway between the Hawaiian Islands and Midway Atoll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I mean, this is all very preliminary data. They're not ready to publish a definitive two population thing but that's kind of what the data is leaning towards now so now that they have that kind of idea they can kind of continue to verify the the data and collect new new data to answer the question better but yeah that'd be really interesting to know like who who's going out there where are they coming from like what if it's a bunch of russian whales that use the northwest hawaiian islands because it's a shorter swim yeah i wonder because Japan actually has a breeding grounds too. Yeah. Yep. They do. But I guess, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, it's like the Antarctica whales going to either Costa Rica or going out to Tonga, huh? Yeah. Well, you know what? Those are different technical pop. Those are different parts of Antarctica though, right? No, because they have that whale that's been seen in Costa Rica and in Tonga. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Humpbacks, dude, they don't, they don't care. They do what they want. That's what I'm saying. They're just like, that's an island I'm going. Or like, what if they, you know, it's, what if it's like Mexico and Central America where like there's some whales that like Northwest Hawaiian Islands, but maybe check in at the main Hawaiian Islands before or after, like on the way, kind of like how you see whales in Cabo and then they have a sighting in El Salvador and you're like, well, is this Central American whale or is this a whale that uses both? How do you know? Oh, <laughs> it's too much. They kind of need some rules. Someone needs to police the whales. Um, and then they did have some data based on, uh, I think, based on tags, but also based on acoustics, that there is some times of day in the Hawaiian Islands where the whales are more active. So from huh. like 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then from 4 o'clock to sunset, the whales are Oh, like are singing more active, active or? No, like surface active. Huh. So That's a big a claim bit. there. Yeah, 
and they're like, no, we have data to back it up. Well, like, is it then... is it more windy then? Doesn't uh, it get nice towards the or is it nice in the not morning? Necessarily, the... yeah. Usually nice in the morning, and then kind of gets nicer again in the evening. Well, maybe they stop singing if it's windy. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's wind in there, Mike, dude. <laughs> No, I mean, people say that to me all the time. You know, they're like, oh, they seem to be more active in the evening. And I'm like, well, some of that's your observer bias because you're watching the sunset, you know, so you're actually looking at the ocean at sunset and seeing the whales. But I mean, they have tag data showing that the whales are more active, shorter dive times from nine to 11 and from four to sunset. You heard it there first. Yeah, Noah said. Um, and then like we talked about with, uh, Andy, a couple episodes ago, Ocean Alliance is going to do some collaborative stuff with NOAA this year. So it's pretty exciting. Um, so then where are whales distributed? So they're talking about how the Ao Ao channel, which is the channel between Lanai and, uh, Maui. So out of Lahaina Harbor that has the highest density of adult whales. Um, and then mom and calf density is more distributed closer to shore, um, especially on the west side, but all around the island. Um, well, the shores that are inside the basin, so like south shore of Maui, Ma'alaya Bay, west side around to Lahaina. Um, and then they talked about vessel strikes. So the one of the things that the NOAA office is really worried about is the health of the humpback whales in the sanctuary. And so they do document all the vessel strikes, all the entanglements. And so the latest updated data for vessel strikes is since 1979 to like October of this year, there have been 138 confirmed non-incidental contact reports. So a vessel hitting a whale or Dang. vice versa, a whale hitting a boat. Um, out of those reports, 107 of them were self-reported by the vessel that it happened to. Um, 31 wow. reports were of animals that were sighted on the water that had been recently injured. And then six of those animals were calves that were dependent on an injured mom. So not only like if the mom gets injured in the breeding grounds, you're kind of really injuring two whales because yeah. now she's more depleted trying to take care of her calf. And, and you know, what's so weird that must happen the most. Like, because think about it, the the time I saw someone hit a whale with a boat, you're were you that no, it was Eric that was there, mm -hmm. and the ended up being the calf that got hit, which they ended up being fine, yeah. But it's like, and then Fran, and then uh, it seems like multiple cases that's like calves or the mom. Yeah, so there is some data by because they're at the surface more. Yeah, also because they're inexperienced, like. Which would you rather watch? A big old sleepy humpback or a squirrely sub-adult humpback? Yeah. I'd rather watch an adult because they're easier to predict and yeah. maintain a safe distance from. Like the young whales, they're horrible. <laughs> like well, how like juvenile, you mean? Yeah, they're just like they change direction a lot. They go where you're not expecting them. Like the yeah. close calls I've had are with young whales. Um, so the rate of a vessel strike has been increasing over time in the Hawaiian Islands, and it's not totally explained by the increase in whale population. So, um, you know, just more boater awareness, better um, recommendations on how to conduct yourself out on the ocean, that kind of stuff. Um, 
calves and subadults represent 66% of the known of the vessel strike reports where they knew the age of the whale. So young whales are the ones that are the most at risk for getting hit by a boat. Um, About 56% of those vessel strikes were when the boat was going less than 10 knots or less. So it's like, even when you're going slow, you got to really be paying attention because the whales could pop up anywhere. And about 82, 83% of those incidences occurred when the vessel was transiting. So trying to get from A to B somewhere, you know, leave a group of whales, get underway, head back towards the harbor, somewhere on that route, a whale's going to surprise you. I mean, which is true during whale season. It's like, remember in April, May, when there was just like so many whales? Yeah. Crazy, it was like, like stress, crazy. stressful. Oh, yeah, because, you know, certain boats were flying into the harbor. Yep. And it's, it's like, like there's that. literally 40 whales right here. Yeah. I mean, in two weeks, it's going to be like that here. Yeah. So. But they people will be driving fast. Um, The guidance from NOAA, which was also backed up and recommended by Pacific Whale Foundation and a couple other groups, is 15 knots or less is the speed recommendation. Um. And like our boats, we have to be going 15 knots or less from December 15th to like May 15th or something or April 15th. I can't remember exactly. Um, There was already, so this meeting, the preseason meeting was um, November 9th. And before the meeting, they already had a 2022 season vessel strike reported. The whales had barely been there for like two weeks and they They already have a vessel strike. Wow. Yeah. So, um, well, 22, 23 season, I should say. So then they talked about entanglement updates. Um, in general, their, their data over time shows that about 51% of, uh, entangled whales were adults, about 43% were subadults and 6% was calves. Um, but they are saying that the older whales are less likely to be entangled because when you frame that with how many adult whales are in the area versus how many subadults and how many calves, um, the calves and young whales are more likely to be entangled. Last season, they had nine reported entanglements with five successful disentanglement efforts. Dang, they're good um, over there. Yeah, they're a really good team over here. Um, they also have a lot more operable conditions over here which is yeah true nice i mean trade winds suck to disentangle an animal but we don't get big cell yeah we don't get big swell and we get really clear water and it's warm um but also they're like they're right there they're ready to respond anytime the vessel's in maalai harbor the office is in north kihei it takes 15 minutes to get to the boat and they're ready to go yeah um, there was a sixth whale that was successfully disentangled, but they think she disentangled herself. It was a mom calf pair. And as they continued to assess her, she ended up not having any line later. Mm. So, um, often the gear is long line gear, derelict fishing gear. Sometimes they're fads, which are fishing aggregation devices. So sometimes fishermen put out, um, like a weighted or a floating, um, like buoy or like something to attract a small fish to shelter around it. So that bigger fish will come hunt around it. And then they fish at that device. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also mooring line, um, about half of the gear that has been identified in disentanglements. What they've learned is 
the majority of it is fixed gear. Um, about 40% of it is pot and line fishery gear. No surprise there. Dang, mooring lines, really? Yeah. So do they... Because, like, I mean, they use some weird stuff to tie down mooring lines. I don't know about yeah. Maui, but, like, in Newport Harbor, it's like, they're, I'm pretty sure they used, like, train wheels and stuff. Yeah. I mean, Monterey was like that, too. Like, old engines. When yeah. When they took all the fluids out of them, they would just sink them as a mooring. Yeah. Yeah. Here, um, I can't speak for the other islands, but here it's mostly cement blocks that are, like, chained together, and then the mooring line goes up to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, here we have to use moorings quite often because the harbors are so small. Yeah. And you can see the moorings. <laughs> oh, they have to look pretty. <laughs> yeah. Um, about 14 of the recovered gear incidences were from local sources and about 20 of them, the whales dragged from Alaska wow. or British Columbia. <sighs> yeah crazy um changes in gear source and the risk of mouth entanglement have gotten higher um, especially during the marine heat wave because whales are moving into different places where fisheries were using like fixed gear that normally there wasn't a problem and then there was all of a sudden kind of like we saw that similar in california where like whales were staying through crab season in monterey getting entangled in crab gear when normally that wasn't something that was happening in the past, but during that Marine heat wave, it became a very chronic problem. Dang. So they're seeing the same thing in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, so just the last couple notes, uh, what they're looking for health assessment wise this season, um, they've been working on some scar studies, looking at entanglement scars, rates of killer whale encounters, things like that. Um, so they're going to continue to work on that, of course, continue to do population estimates. And then um, they noticed a lot of whales, which I've seen this for years. They noticed a lot of whales had these like welts last season. You know how they get like those circular yeah. bumps all over them? Yeah, like little, yeah. yeah. They said last year out of all the whales they surveyed, 89% of them had those welts. And they're what like, if it's a disease? Most... Yeah, they're like, that's the most we've ever seen and we don't understand um, the cause of it. So they're going to look at it more heavily this year and try and figure out what it is. Dang, I hope they don't all start getting it. I mean, I see I see a lot of, I'm, I remember last year, a lot of whales had it. Like almost every whale you saw had it. Yeah. And I didn't know if it was like cookie cutter shark bites. I've seen them on like, like fin whales swollen. too, yeah? Yeah, so those are like Penella and the cookie cutter shark bites on fin whales a lot of the time. No, nah, that's not what I'm know. thinking. Like, like little, like, like it looks like a suction cup little, pulled it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. So I don't know. So that's something that they're gonna look into, um, because I've definitely seen it on whales. I saw it in Monterey a few times, especially on the calves, but um, I, I saw it on whales a lot last year, and it was pretty interesting. Um, and then I did ask a question during the webinar i was like so what about yearlings are those animals actually following their mom or are they just following some adult to the breeding grounds and they said based on um, previous photo identification work the yearling does follow their own mom to the breeding grounds but they separate on the breeding grounds dang but like what like when they don't know they're like it's tricky to understand when it happens and then what happens afterwards I'll bet because it's like when males start showing up, maybe something. Yeah, it could be. 
could be. Dang. So, yeah. You're like, I'm about so to make another one now. Get out of here. <laughs> like, you're cramping my style, dude. You got to go. <laughs> and that could probably hurt the calf, too. Yeah, I mean, I have seen. Calf, but. There is a paper from Mexico that I do want to talk about at some point, but I have seen males, like, really beat the crap out of a calf before um and there was a record in mexico a couple years ago that they actually killed the calf that's crazy yeah that male's gotta be pissed off yeah i mean you know how like when you watch killer whales hunt a gray whale calf and they just like bat it out of the water like it's a toy yeah like the humpback males did that to a calf one year when i was here and i was like oh i bet it's even easier for a humpback to lift it up out of the water too i mean obviously right it's like so massive and the calf's tiny as heck yeah, and their head is like a giant battering ram. It's like crazy. It's hurtful. <laughs> it is. It looks hurtful. <laughs> I watched it. I was like, what do we do? Like, this is not good. So um, the other piece of news that's recent to Hawaii, which has kind of made national news, is the saga of Moon, the humpback whale. Mm-hmm. So it's a sad story. Moon was... Uh, sighted in British Columbia by Finn Island Research Station in northern British Columbia on September 7th with a broken spine. Um, and it looked like like the back is like a big S shape behind the dorsal fin between the dorsal fin and the tail. Uh, it looks like a victim of ship strike. And when they saw her in September, she was mostly swimming with her flippers and not really using her tail too much, I think probably because it doesn't really move anymore and it hurts a lot. Um, and then on December 1st, Pack Whale saw her in Hawaii. Wow. So, yeah, just... one of our tour vessels spotted her. We called research, and our research team from Pacific Whale Foundation came out, made an assessment, flew the drone. And yeah, she's way more emaciated than when she was first seen in September. This news article that I'll post the link to, you can see the two photos side by side from the drone. She's way thinner and she's covered in whale lice. And yeah, so 86 days later, she swam to Hawaii with her flippers the whole way. But what are, is there more photos of it? Uh, There's a video on On um, Pacific Whale. Okay. Pacific Whale Foundations. Uh, I saw it on their Instagram. I don't know if they posted it on their Facebook, but it's on their Instagram, which is, I think, Pacific Whale Foundation. Yeah, at Pacific Whale Foundation. There's a video from December 2nd, and they had to be on the lookout. Please report sightings of her. So then, like, uh maybe a week later she was seen off the Kona coast so she swam from Maui to the big island and she was in the presence of another whale when she was sighted Um, but unfortunately there's also some anecdotal reports that sharks have started to follow her because she's so sick damn yeah so um if you euthanize a whale and then animals eat that whale yeah, so I think that's part of the the euthanization question, right? Like whatever chemicals you're going to use to end the whale's life humanely, um, what's the impact on the ecosystem if other animals eat it, Yeah, right? 
They're not going to do that, are they? I don't right now there's no protocol for it. So I, I don't think anyone can do anything other than let nature run its course. Um, but yeah, I the mean, only this thing is, is a, the only issue with it is like it was human caused. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this instance, I think it would be worthwhile to have a discussion about euthanization. You know, like this was our fault. She's in Why a lot did of it pain. go to the breeding ground. That's what I don't get. So, like, there's the same thing with whales that are entangled. Like, why do they still swim south when they know they're injured? So weird. I don't get that. I mean, they seem to be so smart, but is it like just the instinct overloads everything else? The hormones just win out over the logic. I don't get it. Yeah, like they're weird. such clever animals and some, and some females don't migrate the year after they give birth. So like, why, why, when you're injured, can't you make that same decision? So weird. Yeah. I don't get it, but I do think that moon is not leaving the Hawaiian islands. I think she's going to end up dying here. Yeah. Maybe she's she went really there because there's more sharks. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she won one really, last hurrah. Maybe she wanted to die in paradise. You know, True. instead of in a storm in British Columbia, <laughs> she's in a storm there now. Yeah, she's in a storm here now. So who knows? But um, yeah, another another known whale, you know, personable whale, as a victim of a ship strike this year. So I don't know how many of these stories we're gonna have to cover before we start to change some of the rules about big ships and how fast they can move across the ocean. But. Yeah, Crazy. pretty incredible that she swam like what three thousand miles with her flippers. Have you looked her up on Happy Whale? Uh, I can't find her. There's a lot of whales named Moon. I can't find hers on Happy Whale. Maybe we should ask about that. Um, I don't know if all those There's British so Columbia many whales catalogs... named Moon. I know. I don't moon know if gossip, all those moon British. Child. Yeah. <laughs> moon seal, moon strike, moon crater, moon arrow, moon clips, moon blip, yeah. moon dots. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, exactly. That's like 10 that I can scroll. I already, I like already searched it a couple of times, seeing if I could find her. Um, oh, but I also know. don't know if this catalog is public through Happy Whale or if it's like on the privacy end of Happy Whale. Okay. This, whoever is in Australia named every single whale they've seen, Moon. <laughs> and they just added something different to the like last like as a last name like oh geez that's weird that's funny so yeah unfortunately it's a sad story but definitely an interesting story and a testament to how hardy humpback whales really are so um yeah but otherwise we've been seeing lots of whales we've been hearing the whale song um we got to actually sit with a singer who had two bottlenose dolphins kind of like keeping track of it while underwater so i just turned the engines off and the dolphins would kind of just like come around and um the song cycle we got to hear the whole thing so it was pretty nice. incredible yeah so it's like they make this sound that sounds like a sea lion barking. That's one of the phrases that they repeat a lot. And then uh, when the whale's coming up, we heard it making sounds while it was still breathing at the surface. It was like making these clicking noises. Dang. So pretty cool. Yeah. That's the stuff. one thing about the breeding grounds is being able to hear the. Yeah. Wait, and it did was you guys have a hydrophone just... in? 
Yeah, we had a hydrophone in, but that boat that I drive, you can hear it if you're over the top of the stinger, you can hear it without the hydrophone sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just had the hydrophone in and it was calm enough we could leave the boat off for like the whole 12 minute cycle or whatever it was. And um, yeah, pretty magical. Is this episode going to make it out before Christmas? Yes. This episode will be out the day before Christmas Eve. And then I think this is our last episode of 2022. Okay. Well, if you need a last minute Christmas idea, I mean, technically Mm -hmm. the spring trips are open for the all day trips. True that. And you can buy them anytime. So you don't have to rush to the store. Go on our website, thewhalenerds.com. Yeah. If you, you'll save, you'll save fuel. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can book it all whenever you want. You could be as last minute in your shopping as you want that way. So, just saying, we'd love to see you in the spring. So, all right. Well, yeah. Happy uh, end of season holidays. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2023. It's gonna be We're excited for more whale adventures. Whaley good. It's gonna be whaley good. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, it's gonna be a new year. It's coming up so quick. I know. I'm starting the way I'm starting the year off with out whales though. What's the matter with you? I'm going to Africa. I know. It's pretty cool. Started the year adventure instead. Yeah. Do you think the whales are gonna be mad at me? Mm, I mean, I'm January, bit. like unless I was going to Maui, it's like Yeah. Trey whales don't love me in Monterey. <laughs> They make you drive really far. Yeah. Sweet. Well, great episode. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys in another one. Yeah. Thank you. Bye.